Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. And today we're going to talk about how to sustain optimism. Or in other words, is it peace or is it Prozac? Do people still take Prozac? I don't know. I I did still. (laughs) (laughs) It's been more than a week. What are you talking about? Still, right? Uh I had no idea. So, uh, well, we've been talking a lot about optimism. I've been thinking about optimism, contemplating optimism, trying to grab the brass ring of optimism. Actually, like every day for maybe two weeks now, this has been a topic. Yeah, the world's been beating me down. And and I'm feeling like we needed to talk about optimism. So before we talk about it, why don't you just tell me what I'm talking about? What is optimism well, in your mind? Okay, before we do that, though, okay. you said the world <laughs> is beating me down. Uh-huh. So it's not exactly standing at your door, which is a really great place to be. What does that mean? It's beating you down. I don't know. Um, I feel like everything that I hear or see when I venture out leads me away from optimism, leads me to be pessimistic. And I hear myself speaking in a pessimistic way, and I, I don't like it. I would, I would rather not be that cynical. I'd rather not be that pessimistic about things, about current events, about politics, about the economy, the ecology, the every iggy, and um, and I, I would much rather be optimistic. But then I think, well, am I being then self-delusional? You know, am I being Pollyanna just walking around humming zippity-doo-dah and saying life is beautiful Well, everything Well, you're mixing collapses. lots of metaphors. I, I, I can come up with more. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so one of the things I, I was thinking about, though, when you're talking about those kinds of things is that – there's there's a really difficult position between that sort of naysayer and the optimist because we're living in a time where most things don't seem to be the truth. There's a lot of deceit. So even just going to the grocery store, I was saying this the other day, the packages look the same size, but they actually have less stuff in them. And so there's this and, – and all the things are costing a lot more, which I see that because I don't go to the store that often. And so – I think the groceries that I bought this past week cost $70 more than they have ever cost me. Mm-hmm, but at least there's no inflation. Well, and so there's the <laughs> lie. There's the deceit. And so I think – You're not helping me feel optimistic here so Okay, far. but that's just about <laughs> stuff that maybe doesn't even matter. That's mm-hmm. my point is that you're saying, you know, the world's beating me down, but it's really about what I tell myself about these things. So I choose – I make choices um, about what I tell myself. So when I talk about let's be optimistic about something, um, I, I think we have to know the f- facts as much as we can in order to say I'm going to choose to have optimism. I'm going to choose to say I want to say the glass is half full instead of half empty. Mm-hmm. And but I, does I, that require you knowing the facts or does that require you not knowing the facts? I think you have to know the facts because then within the facts – so, for example, I heard that uh, you know, by the year 2030, 12 years from now, the earth will not be inhabitable by human beings. So there's this instant like, whoa, you know. But if I say, wait a minute, I don't know if that's true or not. 
but I know there's a problem. And where within that problem are opportunities? Where are there times when each day I'm focused on what I need to accomplish to make the world more sustainable and better? And also to educate myself about how I use things and don't use things. So it's a lot of opportunity. And that's where the optimism comes in. Mm -hmm. It isn't just about, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. And, yes, we say that all the time, but we say it's the end of the world as we know it. And thank God, because we're tired of the way things are. And that happened long before anybody started pointing to climate change or um, saying we're all going to die in, you know, 12 years or whatever. So I think we have to make choices about what we tell ourselves and then how we carry out those messages. Well, that's one of those. I know you talk about getting up each day with an with an empty vessel or um, a bowl, an empty bowl empty in my bowl. mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And what you put in that bowl is completely up to you. Is that Well, and that's true because there? because I am influenced by a lot of things, but I still choose what I accept to to put into the bowl and what I reject to be. It's my bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you want to beat me up for it, then I make a choice in that matter. And that may be very elitist when I say that, but I think if you look at Buddhist monks and people who've been war resistors and things like that, you'll see that they have some semblance of that thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what what led me to think about sustainability and optimism. I would say sustainability at its very core has to be optimistic. It assumes a perpetual nature of to things. I want this planet, I want my life, I want every aspect of it to be sustainable for for an indeterminable amount of time. You mean not taking away from the future? Yeah, well, investing it, in the future. If really. I say that whatever I do today will not impact for seven generations or whatever, that is optimistic in thinking there will be seven generations. Or that you you're know. even capable of it. Well, I'm not capable of seven generations. No, but, I mean uh, that you're even capable of figuring out what that means. Right, and we'll and we all make mistakes, but it, I guess the 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 trick is to try uh, and avoid those unanticipated unintended consequences, you know. So just consciously being aware of it, you'll probably do better than if you just bumble on through and and not be concerned about how, what you're doing and the impact it has on on others or the future. So I think at its nature it's it's optimistic, but to try and sustain optimism to me, is one is another aspect to this. You know how how do you because uh, living sustainably is is difficult. Living is difficult, and 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 you want to maintain that in a joyful way. I don't so. think living sustainably is difficult. I think it has challenges, mm-hmm. and it requires a work ethic, and it requires knowledge, and it requires a tenacity. Um, to say whatever that culture is telling me, and it's lying a lot of the time, I'm not going to buy into it. Mm-hmm. The The problem that we have is our, in our culture, in my estimation, is that we live in a way that is allowing us to feel two emotions. So if you think of emotions as like a pendulum that swings back and forth on a clock to tick the time, and one end of the pendulum is rage, and the other end is deep depression. 
And in between there, <laughs> that's quite a lovely range of emotions. Well, but but I think we're living. <laughs> I'm angry or I'm in despair. Yeah, right? yeah, and I and think somewhere in the middle is happiness. Is there? No, um, in the middle is contentment. Yeah. Okay. So happiness is in the side where there is, and it's and maybe less unhappiness is on the other side of contentment, and happiness is on. So one side is less happiness, one it's is more. It's a three-dimensional pendulum. Yeah, here. whatever. Do not give me a hard time about this. But uh-huh. the, the the point I'm making is there are there are hundreds of emotions in between that range of deep depression and rage. But in our culture, it's like we've got one or the other, and we're always working on how to control one or the other. So that's why we have lots of medications we take. That's why we buy stuff. Uh, that we don't need. That's why we eat stuff we probably shouldn't. That's why we drink too much. Uh, why we take drugs, you know, that we that we shouldn't. Um, and so, instead of working on this thing about contentment, which is where maybe the edge of optimism is, optimism may have require a little more energy than contentment. But so if we're working on contentment and we're sitting there in that place where we feel contented with what is around us and within us, what we're doing is opening ourselves up to what is possible. And that's the place where optimism can be born because we want to sit in that contentment and we want to be able to say there is hope there and this is why. Or we won't miss things that come to us in a way like the people we love giving us something or teaching us something. When we're always in this extreme of emotion, whether it's on the side where the deep depression is or the rage, we are completely missing everything that contentment provides us, the opportunity to feel. And and an example would be when I'm feeling very stressed about... um, I don't know, maybe I'm not feeling well that day. That that would be more of what would be wrong. And so I don't have the energy to think about what I have to do. And so I really don't want to because I don't have that energy. So what I need is to take myself to a place of contentment with the way things are. And one of the ways I do that is to go and sit with my goats who will come and sniff me and and take care of me, really. They know something's wrong because I'm sitting down on the hay, and I might even fall asleep with them for a little while. Uh, And when I wake up, I have spent time as a contented, everything's the way it should be, and I can go back and then decide, okay, hey, I don't feel that well, and I can make a good decision about what that means versus I'm always beating myself up. I should be working harder. I should be doing blah, blah, blah. So I think... In our culture, we need to be able to say to ourselves, look, lots of what we're being shown and taught and hearing is is a lie. It's a total lie. And I don't want to be in deep depression and I don't want to be in rage. I want to be in a place where I can absorb what's possible in a good kind of way. So what I'm hearing you say. Uh-oh, the counselor comes <laughs> the counselor, in the room. See, I'm owning what I say here. Yeah. But what I'm hearing is, um, is first off. Be self-aware enough to identify when you're feeling these 
feelings of uh, you know I'll use the word pessimism or whatever that that or depression. It's not really depression. Well, hopelessness. Hopeless. Well, yeah. or or uh, just say a negative aura yeah. about about existence. Yeah. And and say all right. Well, separate yourself. Be self aware, and say this is not the norm that I care to experience, mm-hmm. and then go to a place where you can. What focus on the positive? Let the goats let the goats be your guide. Right? I don't uh, think I I don't think when I'm in that place I'm really trying to tell myself anything other than to get away from that. Right to just stop what's being put into my head by me mm-hmm. or something I heard that's playing like a radio or a movie playing in my head, and to say, all right, I'm going to take a rest, and I'm going to rest myself in that. Um, not everybody has figured that out for themselves, like you're saying about mm-hmm. self-awareness. Um, all of that comes over time. But there are lots of tools out there. Uh, one of the best tools is to talk to somebody. Now, there's a rare, unique thought, but mental health really <laughs> requires that you connect with other people. And I got to deal with other people? Yeah. Oh, well, you're geez. fortunate you have me. Well, that's true. And the, and the goats. But. Yeah. Well, no, they don't have you. But <laughs> but here's the thing. We We need to reach out to others. We need to be able to say to ask for what we need. So if I'm having a hard day, part of my formula will be to say, I have the goat flu, Jay. You think you could help me today? Maybe you rub my feet or my neck or you just hear what what's going on and you tell me you're always so good at this. You'll tell me one thing and it'll just put everything back in line for me. And so we need, first of all, to have some kind of support system. And then beyond that, we have to... Um, Look at other ways. There's a lot of stuff online, meditations and all kinds of cool podcasts and stuff to listen to to help yourself figure it out. Okay. And speaking of listening, <laughs> you're listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. And Annie and I are reminding you that it is, in fact, the end of the world as we know it. And thank God, Jay. Thank God. Yeah. The end of the world is a hopeful thing. Um, now, and, and when we say that, again, now that sounds like, oh, my gosh, the world is ending. And really what we mean by that is that this kind of unsustainable existence that we've been talking about, the, the existence that gives me angst has to come to an end. It is coming to an end, it, whether it's a personal end or whether it's a societal end, I don't know. But I think when I, when I feel at my most discombobulated or cattywampusness or whatever uh, at turned at a slight angle to the angle of which I wish to be turned. Um, it's usually because I've been interacting with the world as we know it. Watching television, that's uh, your... Well, if I go out somewhere, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice, that's one of the rules of Blue Rock Station is no television, which has probably kept my sanity more than yours. But... Um, but I find I find where where a lot of my angst comes from is not necessarily the events that are happening that the politicians are doing or that other folks are doing the commercial interests because um, I expect nothing better of them. But what really gets me is that people believe it and accept it, and that irritates me. You know, it's like when somebody is standing there on a podium spouting the silliest of all sillinesses. And I think there's half this country that believes that nonsense. 
and that's frustrating. That's irritating, and it, and it and it makes me makes me um, not hopeful. Not hopeful that fifty percent of our population can be that foolish. And it doesn't matter what they believe as long as they're believing something I don't believe in. They're foolish. So so it's uh, <laughs> I was just by, thinking by definition they're foolish yeah. if they don't agree with me. Well, I was thinking why are you so. settling for such a low percentage? <laughs> in your mind, it'd be more right. like ninety percent. So so then that gets me into this thing of okay, well then I don't want to listen to it. When I don't listen to it, it makes me feel better. But am I then ignoring and becoming? further disconnected from it and not informed on what's going on in the world, but then if I want to be informed. So there's this constant like schizophrenic dialogue going on in my head, and I don't think I'm the only one. No, but I think I also think that one of the things that really works on you in particular and probably lots of people is to interact with people that you care about who seem to be really lost in the culture. Hmm. I think that you know, there's always this sense when you come home, you got to touch base and you need a lot more hugs. And um, and I find that to be true for myself. I'm fortunate in that most of the time when I'm out and about, I'm doing consulting with people who share a lot of my values or I'm just going to the store to get something um, or I'm spending time with people that really do um, have some really good mental health and aren't buying into the lies. So, but I do know that when I'm out and about and something happens that's really tough to witness or hear, whether it's on the radio or in the store or whatever, um, I I have this sense of like a little kid. I got to get home. I got to touch base. I got to have some hugs um, so that I can reestablish balance within myself and my thinking because suddenly it's just been too influenced by all the insanity. And and the thing, other thing is that I tell myself, which gives me solace, is that we breathe the same air as everybody. And we breathe the same air as Mohammed and Aristotle and my grandmother. And so how does that influence us? It, it's really the the physics piece of it, where every molecule touches every molecule. So there is a certain sense to me, a certain logic that we would be feeling these things. And it's not because we're being neurotic or mentally ill or whatever. It's just that it's there. We're breathing the air that that person that just has spouted out and spit out hate, uh, you know, we're breathing their air. And those molecules are coming at us. So what do we do about it? Well, deciding that you want to live more simply, deciding that you're not going to listen, sometimes that's good. It's a vacation. Other times, people are so willing to tell me what's going on in the world that I feel like most of the time I don't really need to. I don't know when I've really heard the radio much lately, and I certainly haven't seen television for quite a long time, but I know what's going on. And that's because people share that information with me. And then I can decide what I want to do with that or how I incorporate that into my thinking or my breathing. Um, So I know I want to breathe the same air as you. I like the way you think. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Well, me and Aristotle, we got a lot in common. So <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Yeah, <laughs> it's all Greek to me too. <laughs> That's right. Right. So, uh, so anyway, um, one of the things I was going to throw out there, and uh, and this is this one I'm giving myself my schizophrenic dialogue, 
And, and I think, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I have been told the world is going to end soon. It was going to be a massive nuclear explosion with the Soviet Union and the United States going head to head. I'm being told that again all of a sudden, and that's all nice. The Cold War never actually goes away. How about going to church, the Catholic oh, Church? Oh, well, yeah, Wasn't I mean, Jesus coming again? And not, We didn't talk too much about that. It was mostly just some guy with horns going to get me with a pitchfork. And um, But there was, there's always something, always something looming over your head. Now we've had global warming and and we have all of these things. I think a lot of the folks on the on the left-hand side of the dial love – I think they almost embrace the, the idea that climate change is going to have catastrophic event effects. I'm not 100 percent convinced on that. I, I don't have any reason to be convinced for or against uh, that I know the effects – happen. I don't know how catastrophic they are. The one thing I am convinced about is that the people who cause them are not going to be the ones to suffer from them. It will be the innocence, the collateral damage, and that's always the way. But I feel like there's this hope, and it's almost like being in Catholic Church, you know, that that <laughs> some other entity, you know, whether it's God in its heaven or the earth in her weather patterns is going to punish these evildoers. Um, so so if you say, is there perhaps climate change is not as bad as, as you've decided that it is, or there's a technological fix or whatever, I, I feel like that's considered almost blasphemy by a number of folks saying, no, no, it's real and you will be punished for it. Yeah, and if well, you are not punished for it, then there is no justice. Okay. You know? Well, here's the problem is that right. somewhere in there is the truth. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not a bold-faced lie for some people. Uh, I think a lot of stuff that we're taught and um, shown in our culture is to create fear to control us so that we don't want to think or we don't want to act. And we always want to behave and be good little kids. Um, and there's a lot of deceit so, but somewhere in there, there are some. Well, when you say deceit, let me interrupt you there because I think there's that assumes conscious deceit, and I think a lot of people are are, are self deceiving. In, in, that may in, well be, but I would say that overall, the government and oh well, government, I'm yeah, about government, <laughs> the deceit. those are synonyms. Those are synonyms, and okay. you know, but the cultural message is one of lying and deceit. Hmm? And yeah. so sure. so that's a given. So if we just accept that, then we step away from that and we say, but what is the truth in my own life? Because frankly, at this point, I don't really care who's lying and who isn't lying. What I know from my own observation is that things are changing. Yeah. And the, the conversation we're having right now about deceit and, and all of that, this is what gets me very pessimistic. You know, I, I understand and we, we're throwing around the word truth like it means something. You know, truth is 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 um, is something that that is fluid and flexible and situational. Um, but but it feels discouraging when we get into this kind of conversation. And I say, all right, I don't want to for me to say the government is being deceitful and society is being deceitful is is a lot like saying that rose is pretty. You know, it's not very insightful. 
Um, but you we know. have to start there. Yeah, we and, and accept it. There. And so I'm so I'm happy to accept that. I'm already on board. Okay, I'm on good. that boat. Okay, but now so, so, so now, now I want to be on it. the good ship lollipop and right. be, be well, dancing with Shirley Temple. You're too Temple. old to be on the good ship lollipop. <laughs> so so somewhere in there is balance, and that comes into how you live your life every day. So. I can look up and say, look, I'm doing my best to be zero waste. I'm doing my best to mm-hmm. live wi- to live within the values and morals that I have set for myself. And it is not situational. It isn't based on if you decide to give me a lot of money, I will somehow do something that's outside of these values I've set for myself. And I will say that I only have today. I don't have all that out there in the far future, the near future. I'm duty-bound to not influence it any in a negative way. But all that other stuff is just trimmings trying to make you afraid. And if you're afraid, you're controllable. So I think that what it all comes back to, and this is what I'd like us to end the show with, is to talk <laughs> about the things that we have control over, because what you're basically telling me is I don't feel like I have any control over these things. And frankly, we never have had. But I do have control over the things I do in my daily life, in my relationships with others, in how I view the world, um, my relationship with the soil and the earth and everything in it. I have control over that. So be the change you want to see. Well, maybe, and that seems sort of trite. It's only trite because it's true. You know, I mean, every good saying has a certain amount of reality. So, so what you're saying is, okay, be aware of what the world really is. The truth, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. accept that. Then you say, control the things you can control. This sounds like a 12-step program here all of a sudden. Well, we need a plan. Uh, I mean, that's I need a societal 12-step program. No, you just First, can't. I'm going to apologize to the entire world right. for doing it wrong. All right. Try not to be too bad. I think uh-huh. it's more like five steps. Right. Uh, the five-step program. Be aware that the world is a... A depressing place. No, <laughs> be aware that it is that it has its 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 limitations and problems. Deal with the things that you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Start each day and live in the moment. Right. So yes. far, so good. Yes. Um, and and the one thing that I like to hold on to is, and I know sometimes you shake your head and say, "Oh, you naive young man," but um, no, I never say but, that. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> is is to say, okay, slowly, slowly over the eons of time. Things get better. Oh no! Let's not go All there. All right, I'm oh, gonna, I'm gonna hold on. No, I'm, I'm seeking optimism, okay, and you're throwing there. cold water on let's my optimistic behavior. I'm saying that the world is better today than it was a thousand years ago. Mm. Uh, okay, let's keep going. All right. Okay, two thousand years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that we get better. I like. Wait, let's go back my to the bed five step. Let's is very comfortable. Okay, okay I'm, I'm happy saying for technology you. has made our world better. Um, and and wait, what's the steps? You said two steps, and then you got stuck on this one. What is this? What was I, I've forgotten my steps already. It's, it's yeah, a, you're just determined to be in. But the, but this was one of my steps that every day in every way we're getting better and better. Okay. <laughs> And what would the next one be? Because I don't want to get mired down in that one. I, I don't know any other trite sayings to make me feel better. 
<laughs> well, I think I really think that another thing is that we have to have relationships with real people. And we have to talk about these things. And we have to help each other come up with solutions, if nothing else, but just to say, I've got your back. And I'm your friend. And if you have, have a problem, I'm here for you. Okay. So I guess the road to optimism is to be optimistic. And to sustain that optimism, you need to marry Annie. Oh, oh isn't that sweet? And yes. we'll end with that, okay? <laughs> You've been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. Thank you for spending just a bit of time with us optimistically. And as your grandmother hopefully probably told you the secret to a happy and sustainable life is? Tell yourself the truth. Play nice with others. <laughs> clean up your own mess. And Jay, you better eat your vegetables because they might not be there next year. You're too optimistic. <laughs> Till next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at BlueRockStation.com. Thank you.